0: Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio, and now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm really honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing and fantastic show, I promise. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and this is going to be a really fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. As, a, as always, I just want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. If you want to quantum, life, quantum leap your life or your business, then it's important to attend live events and live seminars. This topic does come up on my show fairly often, and there's a good reason why. It's a great opportunity to meet like-minded people and learn from world-class experts. In fact, I attended Brandon Adams' Live to Grind event in, in L.A. this past weekend. He was on my show just a couple weeks ago. And I got to meet Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank in person for the first time. It was a really great opportunity to to connect. And when you attend live events, you can meet people who inspire you and people that you can potentially do business with. In life and in business, you're either growing or dying, and there's really no middle ground at all. So I would encourage you to find at least one event to attend that can help you in your business or your career. It can make a huge difference, and I promise you will be so very glad that you did. With all this in mind... I'd like to introduce my guest, and this week my guest is Manny Patrick. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Manny Patrick is an author, speaker, coach, podcast host, and former restaurant owner. He grew up in Las Vegas, a half a mile east of the world-famous Strip, on a patch of land that is now home to Terminal 3 of McCarran International Airport. Manny nearly lost his life twice before the age of five, once due to a severe asthma attack that left him in the hospital hooked up to respirators and the second time as a result of a car accident that left him unconscious for several days and clinging on for dear life. Manny found that the sport of baseball offered him a chance to thrive. He was good enough at it to dream big, expecting to make it to the majors one day. He was recruited to play baseball at the University of San Francisco, hoping to propel himself into a professional baseball career. But alcoholism and poor decision-making ended his college playing days and lifelong dream when his desire to party all the time resulted in him being blacked out, drunk, and missing games. He's turned it all around, though, and he's now a speaker and a trainer for Power Team International. He's also the author of the book Las Vegas and host of the podcast A Desire to Inspire. We will discuss all of this and so much more on today's show. And here we are with my good friend and world class guy, Manny Patrick. How are you, Manny?
2: Brian, I've got to tell you, my friend, I have a hard time when you're talking, staying focused because your voice is just so mesmerizing and so perfect for the radio. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's hard, man. But life is good. And thank you so much for having me here today, brother. I um, I love what you're doing. I love what you've got going on here. And uh, you're certainly the right man for the job.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the love and support very much. It's been a great journey and in about a month or so from now, I will be having my six-year anniversary. I cannot believe how quickly time flies. Life has certainly changed.
2: Unbelievable. Six years. That's an accomplishment, my man. You're going to have a party? By the way, we're in the same city now, so we're going to have to celebrate. Make sure we are. you don't let me slip that one away.
1: <laughs> no, we'll we'll do that. I'll definitely call you uh, for I sure.
2: Yeah. yeah, man. So, Let's rock and roll.
1: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your backstory, your background, what you overcame, and I know I alluded to a lot of that in the bio, but elaborate on some of that. How did you get from where you are to where you are now? There were certainly a lot of obstacles along the way.
2: Yeah, you know, my life has been one big obstacle, I've got to say. And, you know, the more that I I look back on my life from pretty much the moment that you said, hey, I was involved in near-death experiences as a kid, and then, you know, just growing up as, as life hits you anyway, it's kind of something that we've come to expect just on the journey itself. But, for me, when I was younger, th- those incidences, including my mother passing away when I was ten years old, and and not having her around, and, and then taking, um, I would say, a lot of environmental conditioning that I had with you know my dad and and mom also being the same way with drugs and alcohol and gambling and just being in that environment regularly really kind of created this monster that I ended up becoming um, throughout the years and you know for over a decade you know the real reason I got out of college baseball, which was my one big dream really was to become a professional baseball player. And that was cut short in college because I was, you know, my priorities were way off and I was choosing to party and drink and go out and miss games and blackout drunk. And let's just say to keep it short, I I ended up doing that for pretty much a decade, Brian. And I I was drinking religiously and I then got into drugs socially. And it wasn't like it was just, you know, hey, I would have some drugs and, and and have a drink you know once a month it was regularly it was a couple times a week it was um it was a bad problem and you know here's the thing i was always an entrepreneur i always had my sights set on being great and doing great and you know uh becoming the hero and and ironically i i just couldn't get out of my own way and these sort of demons i guess you would call them were in my way the drinking the alcohol the gambling was oh it was just as bad along the way as well, which, I mean, you know, on several occasions I, I would spend and lose thousands of dollars, I mean, regularly to the point where I, I didn't want to really live. And then everything changed in 2000, um, 2015, man. It was, it was you know, my last and final episode with with an evening out, this time at the expense of a lovely lady. Uh, I didn't even talk about the girls that I had lost along the way and, and, and messed up relationships with that were really just good, good people. And um, on this particular night, I had one last and final episode, and it, it really was the, the end-all, be-all for me. I was just, at the end of the day and, and the next morning, fed up with who I was and having people really not look at me like the true Manny that I was and, and knowing that I was a complete screw-up in my life. And and um, looking back in that moment, realizing that you know at 26, I owned three restaurants. I had an opportunity to play college and professional baseball. I had the opportunity to be very very, um, in very good relationships with great women. And I screwed all that up. I just was tired and sick and fed up and and sick and tired of being sick and tired of that. So on that particular day, I decided to give up my, my, um, interest in drinking. And then that's when my whole life changed.
1: Wow. I do want to ask you about that because some people really struggle to quit drugs and alcohol. How did you do it? Was it cold Turkey or did you find new habits to replace your bad habits with?
2: Yeah, it was it was. Uh, I think it was a combination of the both. Actually, it was cold turkey. Um, I simply asked myself. I said, "Hey, listen, Manny, um, do you want to keep getting the results in life that you're getting right now?" And that was that was a lot of depression. That was a lot of anxiety. That was a lot of emptiness, and a lot of just I, I have no clue where I'm going. Meanwhile, there's another part of Manny that has all these ambitions and all these desires, and he's an entrepreneur, and he's like, he knows he can do it, and he's so close, but uh, so when I decided to give it up, I said, I'm starting with a month. And I was fortunate enough to have um, one of my best friends. If not, he's like my brother, you, you know, that was uh, already on the sober train, which means he had already been showing me that this was possible because he was, in fact, just like me. In fact, we were college buddies, baseball buddies, and we used to do everything together. So when he got sober, because his life depended on this as well and kids came into his life, he basically showed me that, that there was a way. And I think through that inspiration and, and being around the right people and changing my mindset that I was able to actually you know, make the decision, have full conviction with it, and not look back whatsoever. Wow.
1: Well, let me guess what position you played in baseball. I'm going to guess either second base or outfield.
2: Yeah, Well, not a second base, my friend. I was not that quick. I was definitely an outfielder. I was a, I was a right fielder. Mm-hmm. mostly by the end of high school and then into college i played right field for the most part
1: you have to be pretty fast to play outfield though because you got to run those balls down
2: yeah you know yeah i wasn't the fastest guy i was i was about average i mean i would run about a seven oh, seven one sixty yard dash which by by college standards is not that great but not terrible so i mean I was really good defensively, man. You know, I could really get a good read on a ball and I could jump off the bat in a heartbeat, which made my skills in the outfield very good and I had a really strong throwing arm, which uh, I still have a tattoo of a cannon on from from you know what I was like 16 years ago now that I laugh wow. about, but um uh, yeah, man, outfield was was a great spot for me.
1: Absolutely. So was your family supportive of your entrepreneurial side?
2: Always. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, my friend. Um, uh, There was a survey. I heard this from a dear friend of mine, Bill Walsh. And he said that about, uh, there was a survey of about 7,000 CEOs. um, And they all said that they had at least one parent that believed in them. One. And I look back, obviously my mom passed away. My dad always believed in me and always gave me his go ahead and always said, Whatever you want to do, son, I support you. And I never really looked at it this way, Brian, until I got sober. So in these last two years, I've had a chance to reflect and, and really appreciate my father for allowing me to do these things. And, and it gives me, I, you know, we're not on video, but the chills that I have just because how far he's extended himself and, and how much he gave to me with really not having a lot. Because he didn't come from a lot. He was just busting his butt to be the best father that he could be. And and man, he did such a great job. And now my mission, you know, when we get up every day, it's like, what are my reasons? What are my compelling reasons for doing this? What's my why? And I always have my dad and my mom right there at the forefront of what I'm doing.
1: Wow, that's fantastic. We've got about two minutes to our first break. You were in the restaurant business. Tough to break into, isn't it?
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's, hey, listen, it's all I knew. Mm -hmm. So when I came back from college, Brian, that was the first thing that I was the first job I got into, and on the Las Vegas Strip, you can make a lot of money as an eighteen-year-old kid. You know, bussing tables. I mean, I was making four four thousand dollars a month. You know, as as an eighteen year old kid, and unfortunately, I I, you know some of the people, most of the people that I was working around liked to go out to the bars afterward and put their money in the machines, and that's when I actually got introduced to that whole idea. So it was a catch twenty two. I mean, it was great at the same time that it was bad because it was really the the point where I decided to um, take on this this vice and and go down that route because for me it was about a thrill, and I and I've learned a lot about myself over the over the years and. You know, for me, you know, that approach was simply to really try to generate some sort of an ROI right away because I I knew I could put something down and within seconds I would know the return on investment. I didn't believe in the, the, you know, take some real time, build out a real life. Take the, I was like, get rich quick, get rich quick. And and it sure as heck did not work that way for me whatsoever.
1: Yeah. We got about a minute left. What do you think that you learned the most from your restaurant experiences?
2: Um, you know, ooh, that's a good question. I would say that um, systems win, people fail. Systems wow. win, people fail. Because I went into it, I had all the passion, I had all the desire. I sold people to invest in me, we bought the restaurants. And then, uh, you know, within less than a year, they were all gone. And that's because I didn't put the time or the effort to build the systems or have the processes in place because I didn't necessarily know how to do it or what to do. And I was really, once again, just gambling with, with the outcome. And yeah. that was certainly not the right way to do it.
1: Absolutely. We are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Manny Patrick. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Do not go away. We will be right back. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research. And as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Manny Patrick. He is the author of the book, Las Vegas, The Art of Finding Joy in Sin City. And before we continue, I just want to let you know, some of you have been asking... Success Profiles Magazine will be released very, very soon. You can go to successprofilesmagazine.com to get on the notification list. Just enter your name and email and you will be notified when the first issue is available. And there are going to be several subscription options. One of those subscription options would include a free ticket to a live event I'm going to do in 2018 right here in Phoenix. What a great way to get away some, get away from uh, some cold weather. So, I'm looking forward to putting that together sometime during 2018. And again, subscribe to success profiles magazine, get on the notification list so that you can learn how you can subscribe. So Manny, tell us about your book.
2: Well, I mean, if you want to know everything in the detail, the ups and the downs of my life, every, every point from the struggle itself to the reflection of going back in the time of how that worked and then getting to the discovery and then, and then the present, I mean, it's all included. Um, I got to tell you, Brian, I, I wrote the book because, one, I wanted to put it all on the line and tell everybody you know, who I was and uh, really show them that you know there's a place in people's lives for vulnerability and humility. Because the moment that people like me decide to go out there and start to share their story and, and evoke transformation in people, they need to know that you've been transformed and that you've been inspired. And in my case, I had to to do this. Um, in addition to writing the book for those reasons, I also wrote the book because I, I I knew it was the price to pay or the admission for the speaking industry. Um, as much as I went to events and studied personal growth and listened to audio tapes and radio shows like this, I, I was told that you have to become an author. So I said, crap. Um, you know, I've had all these, People tell me that I should write a book about being in Vegas and it would be very interesting. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know how that happens. Well, you know, for, for years and years and years, you're like, yeah, whatever. Until finally that moment comes and you just sit your butt down and you go all in on it. And it take, took me 43 days to write it and complete it. And surprisingly, um, you know, the editing process was much longer than the actual writing side of it. But it was a heck of a process and, and tons of fun.
1: Absolutely. So tell us about your writing process. How did that work out
2: for you? It was a struggle at first. It was definitely a challenge, and I got to tell you that, you know, I, I would say that the weeks and maybe even a month leading into it, I was asking a lot of questions. I was meeting with a lot of people. I was uh, using my resources to to talk with already existing authors. I was reading uh, blogs on how to get started. And you know, one day uh, I remember I was in one of my speaking coaching classes where I was uh, being taught how to become a better speaker. And my coach was helping me pull my message out of me. And, and sure enough, one day we were sitting there and she's she's like, Manny, I think what you've really done differently from most people is is you're learning how to find joy. Like you're really approaching this process of changing your life around with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm and change with 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 happiness. And she's like, I think you found joy, and I was like, cha-ching, cha-ching, ching like all the light bulbs started going off. And then all of a sudden, I was like, there's the title of my book. So from that point, I just went backwards and I just reversed engineered the whole thing. And I said, okay, well, almost chronologically, like what happened? All right, so let me talk about the struggle, right? And then I, as I said, the reflection, the discovery, and then the present. But in terms of writing it, I got stuck with actually trying to be too chronological instead of just writing out the chapters as they were. So I didn't have per se... Um, an organized way of doing this i actually took a, a notebook and just started jotting down all kinds of ideas and you know as i started to mind dump more and more i just started to organize stuff brian and then it, all of a sudden it just started to add up in my mind and then when it came to writing the chapters i didn't get stuck with trying to put them all in sequence if i thought you know chapter of finding fulfillment the last chapter in my book was going to be the last chapter i didn't wait till the end if i had that thought that day I went right to it, I wrote that chapter out, and then I had it sitting there, so then I can go back and Tetris them at the end. So yeah. I'd love to tell you it was a very thought-out thing, but it was like more just like, get it all out and then organize it from there.
1: Exactly. And I think the, the issue that some writers have when they write their books is they think that you have to write it in the order that it's going to be. You think about movies, they the, the director does not shoot the scenes in the order that they're going to happen. Right. They right. don't. In fact, if, if several scenes are going to happen in the same location, they will shoot everything that happens in that location, and then they'll edit and place things in place later for expediency. So absolutely, don't be afraid to write the book out of order just as long as you have it straight in your head or at least write down what your plans actually are. And I love how you said uh, when the moment of inspiration hits you, just write whatever you are thinking. With that in mind, I do want to ask if this was a therapeutic experience for you.
2: Yeah. Oh man, totally. You know, it wasn't just therapeutic. It was also very, I've got to say it was probably at the time my biggest accomplishment ever because, you know, the, the statistics of writing a book, I mean, I think everybody at some point says either somebody told me I should write a book or I should write a book. And Mm -hmm. the numbers of people that actually do write a book are, are very, 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 very low or thin compared to the number of people that say that. So, Mm Um, you know, you really got to sit down you've got to, you've got to s- remove all distractions and you've got to push your sh- yourself and your boundaries. You know, for some people it comes more naturally, right? I mean, I have yeah. listen, I have ADD and dyslexia, so this wasn't mm. natural to me by any chance. No. So it was a struggle in terms of, um, of, uh, you know, getting to the point of doing it. But once I was in it, I mean, I can't tell you that, you know, every single step of the way I was exhilarated at what, mm. what, what I was producing. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's your first book. You know, they never say your first book will be your best and it's certainly not your last. So right. and I look forward to the future ones that we've got here on the horizon as well.
1: Exactly. We talked about your drug and alcohol addiction earlier. Was that your rock bottom moment or was there something else you could point to that really shook your world?
2: No, that was my rock bottom for sure. Yeah. I mean, I had my, you know, listen, I had dodged a lot of bullets with, with this over the whole decade. And I, I've got to tell you that that last day was was certainly rock bottom. I had, you know, plenty of other times in my life where when I lost the restaurants, I think I, I lost the restaurants back in 2013, and I, my girlfriend was leaving me. I had to move back in with my parents, and you know, finances were just a pain in the butt. And I mean, I was really really low. Um, I guess you could say that was a bottom too. But rock bottom for me was really when I hit that point where I was like, time to change. And you know, I tell people now, I don't think you have to hit a rock bottom in order to change. You know, now once you understand the principles about just making a decision and, and sticking to it, um, th- you don't have to, to hit that low point. You know, you've got to have got to be fed up with where you're at. I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. Like you're, you're just disgusted with the results that you're getting in your life. And yeah. if that's where you're at, OK, it's time for a change. Let's move on that. Let's take some sort of action and get us going in the right direction.
1: Right, let's discuss a few themes in the book. Let's talk about forgiveness. Do you think you've forgiven yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, i I struggle with this all the time. you know, I mean, as a human being, I think um you know there's always things that can come up and surface, and you know, I'm a constant work in progress, man. And I tell sure. you right now um, i there's probably some stuff still that I have to forgive myself with. Um, mm-hmm. I've certainly forgived other people. that's for sure. you know, yeah. obviously, my mom was a big part. I think that chapter that I wrote. I had so much resentment and anger towards my mother for leaving me and abandoning me, and and then dying on me, and yeah. and you know, I carried that throughout my whole adult life. And and every time I got close to a woman, I would uh, that I cared about, I would I would you know threaten her, I would get physical and abuse mm-hmm. them, and and really take out that anger and that frustration on them because. You know, I would be drunk or high and I couldn't control myself yet. I was really taking out all that frustration on my mother because I had not fixed it. I haven't solved that yet. So, you know, once I got the clarity after getting sober, I went back and I, I revisit. I found out everything I could about my mom. I sat down with my aunt for two hours um, and we talked about my mom and what she was like and what she enjoyed and who she was as a person. And, you know, there was a lot of tears and tissue and all that stuff. And it just gave me the chance to really appreciate her for who she was Mm -hmm. And then honestly, man, I can tell you that it felt like the world, the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders because when when I did that, I got to tell you, I felt unstoppable. I mean, I was just like, get out of my way because now it's time to go and conquer the world because nothing else was holding me down at that point.
1: I'm so glad you said that because I personally do believe that there is a correlation between your ability to forgive yourself and others and succeeding in accomplishing your goals because your mind energy is no longer being pulled down by that negative stuff and now you are free to focus on what you want without being weighted down by the other does that make sense
2: of course yeah 100% i mean you know you'd be surprised there, there are so many incidences that are are a part of our past and you know whether we think about it or not you know naturally they they fire up at occasion or during some sort of experience, right? You know, we're always unfortunately living behind us. I don't think enough people are living out in front of us thinking about what's happening, what's coming up, and staying enthusiastic for those reasons. But yeah, I mean you you've got to you've got to surrender, I think is the right word to use and 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 let it be as is and, and just, you know, uh, at the same time, I don't say just like give yourself and, and be a you know a free willy, but just go out there and, and, and make some very conscious decisions to to create a new path for yourself, and you know this—I mean, we can spend days on this stuff here. I mean, this is this right. is exactly what we work and what we teach and what we train on. But um, you know, I—I I think at the bottom of it, um, getting to know who you are is the most important part, right? I, I love—I love Simon Sinek, and he, everybody's always talking about finding your why, and I, I'm okay with that. I love that part, but I always tell people, well, listen. And I use myself as an example. If if I'm, you know, the the Manny Patrick of ten years ago or six years ago, and I'm all involved in drugs and alcohol and gambling and hating people and resentful and not sure what I want to do, and I'm finding my why, my why is not going to be that important because I'm incongruent with who I am. Mm -hmm. So people need to find their way. And I say the way as described by the who are you, the W-A-Y. So figure out who you are. What's your identity? What are your core beliefs? What are your core values? What's the characteristics that make you uniquely you? Discover that, develop those, and then repurpose your why to figure out why you're going to start doing things today and moving forward. Because if not, then I think there's there's a huge incongruency there, and I don't like to see people live that way because they're not being their authentic self.
1: Yeah, I love that. We've got less than two minutes to our next break. Uh, let's talk about worthiness. Sometimes people don't succeed and move along uh, because they don't feel worthy. We got about a minute.
2: Yeah. So, so the the worthiness thing, you know, you've got to you've got to train yourself, and this really is. Uh, I can go back to affirmations and and uh, incantations as as I so generally say because. That's really what I did. I mean, I, I just went and I, and I read the books and I studied the podcast. And whatever they said to do, I did. Right? It was that simple. And so because of that, I started to reestablish my credibility with myself and my worthiness. And that, that ended up leading me to believe that I can do, be, and have anything I wanted.
1: Yep. It's all about do and then be and then have or B do and have is actually the right order. So let's uh, go to our break. This is success profiles radio. My very special guest is Manny Patrick. We'll come back shortly. Please stay with us. Don't go away. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.bryankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's bryankwright.com. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Manny Patrick. He's the author of the book Las Vegas. That's L O S S, Las Vegas, the Art of Finding Joy in Sin City. You can find that on Amazon. Let's talk about something else you talk about in the book, and that's the idea of serving others first in order to achieve what you want.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've been in the service, I was in the service industry, Brian, for pretty much my entire professional life. and I never really understood that until I obviously changed my life around, and I missed the opportunity to serve other people and, and look at it from a place of appreciation, than uh, more of a, I've I hate it here. I have a job. This sucks. Like, you know, every chance I could have uh, been in front of a customer or a guest, had I had that mindset beforehand, it would have been a completely different experience for me where. I wouldn't have probably been as angry. I wouldn't have if walked away thinking, oh, I don't want to come back here tomorrow or, you know, this night sucked. And, and um, at the end of the day, I've I've learned that, right? It's like, how can we help other people without expecting very much in return? And I, I really exercised this at the very beginning of my transformation when I was working in the casinos and hosting the nightclubs at the same time I was still sober, uh, when people would come up to me and just generally ask me for things. And, you know, whether they were... Looking for directions to a, a restaurant or to a restroom, or uh, maybe they were asking me what my suggestions were for the right tables to play. Even though that's not the—that's the, probably, you know, coming from me at the time. I'm not gambling anymore. It's it's kind of funny to answer that, but I still had some ideas or whatever that would be. I would just put myself in their presence and, and make it known that that no other distraction would get in the way of me serving them in that moment, whether it was five seconds, ten seconds, for a minute or two. You know, I didn't care that I was working at that given time. Um, I was there to serve that person, and, and I really took that with a grain of salt because it ended up providing me, and I think them as well, a complete joy in life that most people don't experience because we just don't take the time to, to sit back and, and be there for somebody. And sometimes you don't know what that person is going through. You don't know what kind of a day they've had. And you might not know that they didn't just get turned down for a really big job opportunity or the kid didn't get turned down for an invitation to be a Yale student or whatever that might be. So I really appreciate it and enjoy the idea of just showing up every day and giving somebody a chance to smile because you're the one that's like, nah, I'm going to be a little bit different today. Not just today, but every day. And I think that's invaluable for somebody that might be listening here today to practice regularly because it will work benefits for you and the other person. Absolutely.
1: And on another topic that you talk about in your book, uh, approval addiction, some people just really, really crave validation from other people. And there's nothing really inherently wrong with that. But if you are relying upon that before you move forward with your own goals, not good.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the minute that you're not really living to your utmost potential if you're constantly relying on other people to give you validation. And, you know, you want somebody to tell you that you look good. You want somebody to tell you that you did a good job. And, and granted that, you know, there are certain rewards at, at certain times uh, in the process where you're deserving of that. But if you're going out and you're taking a selfie and you're putting yourself up on Instagram or Facebook so that you can get a couple of comments and a couple of likes, and that's controlling your happiness, then you've got the game all backwards, right? This should be this should be developed from the inside out, not from the outside in. And once again, I think this, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, but, uh, there's emotional intelligence, right? There's your spiritual side. There's your, your business and your career. There's your fun and your adventure. It's like identifying those key areas that really make you happy, that make you thrilled, that make you want to get up every day and do something. And listen, I tell people all the time, buddy, it's, you know, and and I was a big Tony Robbins fan. I still enjoy his work, but obviously over the course of time, I think progression took me away from the more of the transformation stuff that Tony was teaching. And I remember those early days. um, He always said, if you grow every day and if you give every day, you will be happy. I mean, it's very simple. Find a way to get better every day and be better tomorrow than you are today and find a way to go out and contribute to give something back to the service people or to anybody and involve yourself in those activities, and you'll be a more joyful person. And yeah. th- these are skills. They're not just something that you can wake up. You've got to make the conscious choices and decisions to do these things. And, and that's the starting point. Listen, you, you can have happiness without having a lot of money. I know because I've been there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? I understand this because I live it. And that's the thing. You know, money comes after the fact because, you know, you can't you can't fix financially what took you 10 years to mess up in 10 months.
1: <laughs> right. Right. That's hard so, to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, find your happiness first and then live with that because man, nothing can take that. Nobody can take that away from you.
1: Perfect. Yeah. So let me ask what opportunities has this book led you to?
2: Well, the book, the book has been great. I think, I think the number one thing the book did for me was, uh, it's funny because we're actually, I, today is the year anniversary of the day that, and you didn't even know this until you just said that until I just thought of it. But the book, um, I had written about a year ago, published it October 6th, I believe. And then uh, on this day a year ago, I had brought it to an event that Bill Walsh was holding, or excuse me, hosting, and I uh, I handed him that book in, in a group in in a crowd of about three hundred people, and um, he ended up uh, long long story short, um, I ended up going to work for him a few months down the road, and it completely changed the entire course of my life, and the book was. Was built as I said, as as knowing that it's the, it's the price of admission to the speaking business. Um, it was going to become more of a credibility thing for me and put me um, in a in a position to meet more people and have the right conversations. And then I've got to tell you, you know, the other thing that's helped me tremendously has been my podcast. I mean, that indefinitely is is something. Those two platforms or or, or assets, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. have changed my life, and and I'm I'm thankful for for everybody that's been involved and that have pushed me and that supported me and that's participated, you know, you did, you did one with me a couple weeks ago and you did yep. a fantastic job. I mean, you absolutely crushed it. And, and, um, you know, you had so much good information and insight and, and that, you know, to take your time to jump on the show and, and to offer your insight and your value. Uh, and that's, that's just like, you know, you don't really think about these things until you sit back and you really think about them and say, man, that's awesome. You know, he didn't have yeah. to come get with me. He's interviewing all kinds of successful people. He's hanging out with the Kevin Harrington's and, and the Laurel Langemeyer's and all these other hugely, hugely credible people. But yet you're there, you're showing up. And, and that's what, you know, that's what make, makes my heart melt, man. That's the stuff that I appreciate. Well,
1: you're so welcome. And you have a good show. And like, let's talk about it. A Desire to Inspire. What was your purpose for doing this?
2: Uh, same thing, really. I mean, at the time, I, I there was two things that were in my control to help me get uh, from, like you said earlier, from where I was to where I wanted to be. One was a book, which I had full control. There was zero boundaries. I was like, got to write the book. And then the other one was a podcast. I had full creative control. Here's the thing, though. And, and this is something that I've, I've been doing for years, even in the middle of that mess that I was a part of as part of my entrepreneur journey. So it's funny. It's like part mess, part entrepreneur journey, which both were working together um, but I was already, already approaching very successful people in my life. I mean I remember back when I was working at restaurants when I was 23, 24. I was going up to the owners of the restaurants and asking them about sitting down with me and having coffee because uh, I wanted to know how they built their business and what it would take and investment. And I mean I had no idea what I was doing, but I didn't let that set me back. And So sure enough, I, I, when, I, when I came to the conclusion that I was already doing this and that I would really just have to mic myself up and uh, get over a fear because of course there was a tremendous amount of fear involved like will I sound right? Am I the right guy for the job? Oh my God, it's not going to be perfect. Um, you know, I just jumped right in and, and sure enough, I, I had some friends and some old contacts that, that I reached out to and we did, you know, about 10 pre-recorded episodes and we started it off and, and um, you know, for my networking in Vegas and sure enough, it, it, one thing after the next and I always had my eye on the prize though, Brian. I always looked out into the future. I always knew who I wanted to connect with, who the difference makers were, and I, and I pushed myself that direction. And I think at the end of the day, what has also helped me grow that platform has been the fact that I didn't even realize, like, um, and I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit, I'm, I'm sort of talented when it comes to that stuff. I don't know mm-hmm. how, I just do it, right? And the more that I just let myself breathe and be free and, and step into my own self without worrying about how I sound and all that stuff... The more it shined and the more that it showed as a result and the more that people liked it and they wanted to be on the show so yeah, um, yeah it's it's rocking man it's a lot of fun
1: fantastic how do you find your guests
2: you know combination it's funny i've done it all i've asked for referrals um i've met guests <laughs> It's funny when i was working at the nightclub in vegas on the floor of the casino i would literally <laughs> stop people because i would talk to everybody right and i mean mm-hmm. i met uh Chris McCoy, who is the chief information officer of for Arkansas University, which is a big, big school down in the south. Um, so I was like, "That's fascinating." Come in and talk about that. Um, I've approached people on LinkedIn. Um, now, most recently, I've met a lot of my guests from being on the speaking circuit and sharing stages with a lot of these really awesome speakers. Um, you know, I still like to you know pull the diamond in the rough out and, and find out who else I can have and. And uh, give them the opportunity to share the way that i look at it is like is their story interesting um and and can it provide value for the listeners right and Mm -hmm. and if i think the answer to those two questions are yeses then i have no problem bringing them in and then i I have no problem tailoring it for them so that they can get the maximum output out of it and and then we have a show and and there you have it right um which makes magic as you Absolutely. know, because you're doing it. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So who is on your dream list of people that you have not yet interviewed?
2: Oh man, you know, um, Mark Cuban would be a great one. Uh, I think he would be fantastic. You know, you had mentioned, um, uh, Richard Branson earlier today. I remember one of the first books I ever read for entrepreneurship was, uh, was, um, uh, losing your virginity. Yep. Um, so he's definitely up there. Um, you know, obviously I've got some, some guys in the personal growth space that I think are fantastic. I would love to interview Gary V just because I think it would be a fun interview. Yeah. Um, cause he, he's a yip yapper and he's always like, you know, chiming in on everybody's interviews and pissing people off, which is quite funny. Yeah. But I think I, I, I find, I would find it a challenge to kind of stabilize him. Um, yeah, I mean, we can go on for years, man. This is, this is fun, but I think those are off the top of my head, the first three that I can think of.
1: Fantastic. What do you think are some of the top lessons you've learned from people that you've talked to on your show?
2: You know, the, 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 the work ethic. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, it's unbelievable how, how simple this is, my friend. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the only thing that separates us from having what, everything that we want in our life and, and not having it is, is the discipline and the work ethic. And that's what I've learned that these people are meticulous about um, cutting out the distractions, maximizing their time and their discipline, and um, you know repeating those behaviors, right? And certainly thinking bigger. I mean, mm-hmm. thinking bigger it takes just as much energy to think small as it does to think big. And, and when you get that concept in your head, it will help you approach Your business differently it will help you approach your sales differently it will help you approach your podcasting differently instead of saying you know oh you know richard branson's way out of my league no why why is he you know he could just be one degree of separation away from you um you know it really is just it's it's a concept of the mind but at the end of the day my man it's hustle it's work ethic it's it's getting down and dirty and and putting in the work and then the results follow
1: Absolutely. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Manny Patrick. He is the author of the book, Las Vegas, that's L-O-S-S, Las Vegas, The Art of Finding Joy in Sin City. You can find this on Amazon. Get it, get it. Uh, You'll be very inspired by Manny's journey. He also is the host of the podcast, A Desire to inspire. We will continue this journey when we come back from our break. Please stay with us. Don't go away. And once again, if you want to be on the notification list for when Success Profiles Magazine comes out, go to successprofilesmagazine.com. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Stay States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio.
2: It's never heard. Oh not-
3: Hero critics or the people who study dreams tell us that the kind of television you watched as a child can affect your dreams today. For instance, if you had a black and white TV, you might be prone to colorless dreams. I'm pretty sure I dream in color, but my friends say it's a pigment of my imagination. It has been suggested the type of cheese you eat can also impact your dreams. This might be a bit hard to digest, but a study conducted by the British Cheese Board discovered that people who ate cheddar cheese dreamt more about celebrities, while folks who ate blue cheese experienced more bizarre dreams. A bad dream could give you matatulapia or the bad mood you experience when you get up on the wrong side of the bed. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: Las Vegas, The Art of Finding Joy in Sin City. And, Manny, I would like to ask you, because you've talked to a lot of very successful people, you've shared the stage with a lot of successful people, how do champions view adversity different from everyone else?
2: Well, it's just a part of life, right? I mean, it's like it's like getting up every day. It's uh, it's something that you've, you've got to accept, number one. And two, um, know that it's just, it's part of building your character, right? It gives you a chance to to identify um, what your strong points are, mm-hmm. and for I think the ones that don't make it, that don't survive the adversity, um, you know, they haven't. Once again, I don't think they've done a lot of the work. Like you know, you talk about Brian with the mindset and mm-hmm. and um, you know some of the emotional intelligence and in establishing those controls because adversity is common. You know, you're going to face that. But I always tell people that it's it's fun because. It, it helps you shape, uh, it helps you shape your identity and, and through your identity, you can never be stripped away of anything because that's in fact, what makes you, you. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, adversity, I can, I, I remember my high school coach would always talk to us about adversity you know how are you going to show up, you know, when the conditions aren't right, the wind blowing, the temperature's really cold. Are you going to complain? Or are you going to say, Hey, no, I'm going to make sure I, I pony up and, and do the right thing. And, and, um, uh, it's been a, it's been a fun thing to learn that I think you know it's 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 harder as we're younger and I, I think over time as we grow older it starts to make more sense and I think you you become wiser as you get older right as your as your mentality shifts and and ultimately become more poised to be the very best version of yourself that you can be.
1: Absolutely. So let me ask you, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made in your journey?
2: Well, I mean, current journey, I would say oh, older journey, as in like old 10 years ago or or more like um, since I've been sober. Yeah, how about since you've been sober? Because we've already talked about the other stuff. You know, I, I, I still have a hard time really organizing. And I, I'm more of like a flamingo, man. I like to like, you know, be out there and I'm very creative and I'm over this way and I'm over this way. So there's a few holes in that capacity that I think I could definitely patch up. Um, You know, I I am still I like to tell people that I am still an experiment. I like to call myself an experiment in life because I think in this industry, in this space where people are all they're self-proclaimed experts and they all know this and that. I mean, that's it's just so common and so popular now. I'm not that I'm an expert in my own life because I've lived it and I've taken control of that part. Um, but when it comes to teaching and sharing, I like to use the word sharing because that's what I do. I am more so a filter or a conduit of all of the great people that I've been around, all of the books that I read, all of the information that, that I've taken in. Listen, none of these ideas or these thoughts are original ideas of mine. I mean that's a fool would say that because it's, not, it's never the case. Now, the experience merged and married with the the thought or the idea – is a different story. But the actual principles themselves are timeless. They've been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. So, you know, having said that, um, uh, you know, I've got a lot of room to grow. And and doing these interviews, I always like to make that very clear that um, I love doing this because I can share what I've experienced and what I've learned from my point of view. But from my point of view, it might not work for everybody, you know. That's why I encourage people to go out there and explore. If something doesn't settle with you, move on to the next thing. Try something different. Try something new. Pick up a new book. Listen to a new podcast, right? And then figure out. And that, I, I do believe that that is, in fact, the path for you that unfolds and that will ultimately get you to that decisive point where you know exactly what you're stepping into, which, which ends up being your calling.
1: Absolutely. And I believe that we are all still a work in progress to some degree or another. So let me ask, what big goals are you still striving toward?
2: Ooh, uh, you know, for now, I'm I'm really inundated with becoming the very best trainer that I possibly can right now as a national speaker and trainer. So I did work with Bill Walsh for nine months, 10 months, actually traveling the country, bouncing around and um, and having fun there. And then I switched gears to work with Eric Swanson with Habitude Warrior International. So right now I want to become the very best at that and serve his company and all of the people that we speak to regularly um, doing workshops and trainings in a given market. And also at his Habitude Warrior conference, the very best that I can. So included in that is is really polishing up my speaking skills, polishing up my training, polishing up my closing skills. Um, you know, all the full package of what it takes to become a very, very effective communicator and and speaker. Um, you know, that's really where I'm at right now. And and um, you know, I, I put that first, top of line. And then after that, you know, there's obviously some other. Areas that I'm working on, you know, next book in the mind and then obviously podcasts as well. So um, I've always got to think about what's the best, the top level income producing activity for me. And uh, most important, that's that's number one so that I can provide and families are taken care of and then I can give back and do more of what I'm good at. And then the other stuff starts to build itself out underneath that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the idea that winners take responsibility. There's a huge difference between taking responsibility for what's going right and wrong versus blaming other
2: people. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, and I, I know I know both sides. I think uh, for a long time it was easy to point blame on everybody else because we didn't want to be the ones, like you just said, responsible for it. It's easier to do that way, right? It's like it's like right. off-putting like hey just just give them the 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 weight and and what we learn through that is that um there's zero integrity involved there right and and right. that makes you a a person of lies and 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 I've I've spent enough time around those people in my past where I've learned that that was not who I wanted to be so um to become a, a trusted person and a likable person and a person of interest that people would want to work with or that they would appreciate or or see as somebody that they can help them, you had to accept responsibility because I think anybody can can smell or see through the BS. Yeah, and if you're trying to push off the responsibility as like you don't make mistakes, I'm too perfect. No, I, I don't make any mistakes. Um, then people can smell that, and and mm-hmm. that's not the way to do it. And at the end of the day, you're you're at risk of being exposed. You're really just like one one person away from revealing your true colors, and then. When that happens, your whole world implodes. So it's better just to take full ownership of of who you are and what you've done and say, yeah, I screwed up. I made mistakes, but I'm putting the fork in the ground right now. And I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to do my best not to make those same mistakes moving forward. And, and that's where I'm coming from. And, and you, know, you can believe me or not. Uh, I'm telling you that because all I've got is my word right now followed by my actions. Right. And then my actions will follow through. And, and, and at some point, I hope that you trust me and that you'll see that I'm a man of seriousness. And then we can we can foster the relationship from there.
1: Absolutely. So, Manny, what's the scariest thing you've ever done?
2: Scariest thing I've ever done has to be, uh, I got to tell you, man, I, I was I've been terrified of heights for some time. And I think uh, climbing up sides of mountains for, for no real reason uh, with no support gear and, and really at the expense of potentially slipping and just really uh, falling down the side of a mountain has got to be it. Um, I, it's funny. I never put my myself in, in harm's way when it comes to my life, but I love putting myself in harm's way when it comes to taking a chance where it's like that comfort zone, not comfort zone type of thing where it's like yeah. – every day as, as like, you know, what we do in this space of personal growth, it's like step outside your comfort zone. So, you know, if there's a really pretty girl walking by and like, I'm like, Oh my God, she's so pretty, but she's probably going to say no to me, but I'd go talk to her anyway. Like, that's my level of uncomfortableness that that I would step into. But um, like scary thing, that'd have to be something that I, I probably risked my life with. And I would say that that was one of my like climbing mountains like that on the side of it. It's not smart. Okay. Not smart. Right. Great.
1: So Manny, what has surprised you about your journey so far
2: you know it's 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 a surprise every day man I just i, I got, I've got to tell you that you know one person can change your life forever and uh, you know to tell you that less than a year ago I was in Vegas promoting and hosting nightclubs. I knew in my heart and my soul that I'd get to where I'd want to be at some point um, i didn't know at what point that that would happen um, but i've got to tell you that when when Bill saw something in me that that I knew I had in me and he brought me along and under his wing to, to participate. Same with Eric Swanson. Um, you know, it's a stepping stone for even bigger and better things that I've got planned out for my future. But um, you know, I always look at life as a surprise, my friend. I think that's what keeps me so enthusiastic. So uh, I, I love that. I stay curious. I, I, I look at, you know, driving down the streets in new cities and, and seeing new buildings and, and just appreciating the, the, brand new uh scenery like i'm a kid and and like yeah. i'm in the car asking where are we going are we there yet or whatever it is i just i take that approach towards life and i it really helps me stay i would say young at heart and that's a surprise for me man because you know i want to keep that feeling until the time that i'm eighty-five 85 years old absolutely
1: most influential book you've read
2: most influential book that i have read has got to be um I don't want to say think and grow rich because that would just be like a dead, dead uh, obvious one. Um, the first one I ever read was called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. It was more mm. of a spiritual book, and it was right out of my decision to to give up all the, the bad stuff. And it was a, a very enlightening read, very simple, but helped me really learn how to control my voice on the inside. And, yep. and manage that bad boy because you know, that was really where I was coming from with a lot of the defeat was uh, negative mindset, negative voice. And so it was a stepping – it was really, the I would say, the, the building block for me to to dive into everything else after that.
1: Fantastic. we got about a minute or so to the end. Who inspires and motivates you? That's the question I ask everyone.
2: Uh, oh, man. I think uh, obviously all the, the players at the top. You know, I, I know you interviewed uh, – I always find new people, but I think the most recent guy that inspires me and motivates me the most – is uh, Tom Bilyeu, and yes. uh, I had a chance to, you interviewed him recently, I met him recently, I've seen some of his work, and uh, I think his commitment to excellence and his, his um, approach to success is, is the best of the best, and uh, the way he is as a person is, is undoubtedly the, the, the way, the modeling that should be um, showcased in, in today's day and age, and, and um, you know we're thankful for those types of people.
1: Absolutely. So as we wind down to the end, Manny, how can people find you? How can they vibe with you and try with you?
2: Yeah, man. So if anybody wants to find me, just go to speakermannypatrick.com, speakermannypatrick.com. There you can find out a lot more information. You can plug in if you're interested in having us come and do a training or a workshop for your group, your team, corporation, whoever that might be, let us know. There are options there to get in touch with us, but uh I'll keep it short and simple. That's it right there, my brother. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Wonderful. And we are coming down to the end. Thank you, Manny, for being on the show. It was a privilege to have you here, my friend.
2: Yeah, Brian, you do a great job, man. Keep up the good work. Keep empowering lives. And, and uh, your your success profiles magazine is going to do great. And uh, you have my blessing with everything that you're doing, man. So keep it up. Keep it up.
1: Fantastic. And come back next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview another world-class achiever and learn how they succeeded and what they did to get there. And uh, please join us next week. And until then, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. Goodbye, everyone.